Cut on your tongue from a razor and a paper cup. I hope every soda you drank already shaken up. I hope your dreams dry like raisins in the baking sun. We didn't have this after one or two losses in 2014, where the players felt the need to respond to everything. I hope you never get off Fridays and you work at a Friday that's always busy on Fridays. Even though you were Team Randall, you were aware of the signs that the Cowboys had their concerns. And, and we've talked about it. I know a lot of people ask me, you know, why is it so cloudy and why is it so mysterious? I, I don't think it has been cloudy or mysterious. To the news that he was being benched and the suspension was coming and his football world is literally crashing around him and he freaked out. I think Joe Randall called the police to cover up what was really going on. In your early 20s. I hope it's always snow in your driveway. I hope you never get off Fridays and you work at a Friday that's always busy on Fridays. I hope you win a lottery and lose your ticket. I hope it's Ben and Socrates poop all up in your kitchen. I hope the zipper on your jacket gets stuck and your headphones short and your charger don't work and you spill shit on your shirt. I hope your tears don't hurt. And I can smile in your face. Cause my loss is how Delilah changed my locks to a fate. I hope you happy. I hope you happy. I hope you ruin this shit for a reason. I hope you happy. Why you always on my back? All right, all right, all right. You are now rocking with the best. Thank you so much for tuning in for another brand new episode of Cowboys Crunch Time with KD. I am your host, as always, KD Drummond. You can find me on Twitter at KD Drummond NFL. Make sure you're following me for all of my hot takes on the Dallas Cowboys and all things NFL at KD Drummond NFL. And of course, on CowboysHQ.com, where you can find me, Cowboys insider Mike Fisher, the great Jordan Ross, the great Mark Lane, and the one and only Joey Ikes, bringing you the latest and greatest in analysis and inside information on your Dallas Cowboys. Five in a row. The Cowboys have lost five in a row, and man, this is tough. We know uh, through speaking with you guys throughout the season, throughout the last couple seasons, we've made the point very clear how difficult it is for a team to win when they are on the short end of the quarterback matchup spectrum. When you have a backup quarterback that is the deep end, And for the Cowboys, there's been no light at the end of the tunnel, nobody diving into the deep end to save them. And once again, on Sunday, we saw that come to fruition. The Cowboys tried Brandon Whedon. In his first start, he threw that ugly interception against Atlanta. They immediately locked him down. A few games later, they insert Matt Castle. The big play offense returns to the Cowboys, but so do the turnovers. What happens the very next week when they're facing the vaunted Seattle defense, they lock him down. You guys know how I feel about the toxic differential ledger. I'm not even writing that article this week because it was so pathetic. The number of big plays that the Cowboys did not have against Seattle. Now, granted, Seattle's defense is awesome. Richard Sherman locked down Des Bryant, who was making his return to action for the first time since week one. The Cowboys had exactly four explosive plays. They were all run plays. 
no explosive passing plays for the entire game, and one turnover that was forced by the incomparable Greg Hardy. Now, you know I don't ever want to paint a picture all bad, so we have to factor in the Cowboys only allowed the Seahawks two explosive plays. However, when shit got real, Russell Wilson did Russell Wilson things and was able to get the go-ahead score. The defense has only given up 13 points each of the last two weeks. Yes, they lost 27-20 to the Giants. That was on the strength of the interception return and the kickoff return. The defense itself has only given up two touchdowns and four field goals over the last two weeks. They're coming together. Will this team, A, win a game in the next two to at least stay afloat before Tony Romo comes back? And B, will this offense be able to immediately jump into what they were in 2014 upon Romo's return? Because for most Cowboys fans that are suffering through this malaise, this idiotic, this annoying stretch of bad offensive football, and I'll tell you why in a second, the refrain has always been, once Romo and Dez come back, all will be right. But look, people don't always come back from an injury ready to roll. Dez Bryant certainly didn't. He played a lot of snaps, but he wasn't himself. Randy Gregory came back prior. He's still being eased back into things. So, it's not a foregone conclusion that Tony Romo will be MVP caliber Tony Romo once he steps back on the football field. And if he's not, all is lost. The Cowboys, seriously, even with the way the division, the division sucks, they have to make a power move. The Cowboys are at 2-5. and five. The Giants are at 4-4. Four four. They suck, but they're leading the division. But if the Cowboys can't figure out a way to beat the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday night, then they will be a full two games behind at least one team, most likely both teams, two and a half behind the Giants at that point, with eight to play and no more games against those teams in order to make up the difference. And that's really the key part. Now, a lot has happened over the past week that we're going to get into. We'll talk to Mike Fisher in a minute about the Joseph Randall saga. But what that brings into, into the forefront is the fact that Darren McFadden is now the Cowboys' number one rusher. And we all know the Cowboys haven't been able to have success running the ball against the Philadelphia Eagles. What they do with their 3-4 defense combats what the Cowboys have done with their running game. It'll be very interesting as the Cowboys have seemingly switched to a more inside zone, but primarily a power man scheme in the run game, as opposed to being primarily outside zone prior, if that changes how they perform against the Philadelphia Eagles. 
You all know how I feel about McFadden's skill set. I'm amazed that the Cowboys' offensive line is this damn good to make him look serviceable. But Brumman only had 3.2 yards of carry against the Seahawks, so let's not go overboard. He had a tremendous game against the Giants. He had 100 total yards, so there's nothing to sneeze at against Seattle. But he wasn't cracking it wide open as they started to focus on the run game. So it'll be very interesting to see what the game plan is against the Eagles as the Cowboys look to enact a sweep of the hated division rival. A lot of good things going on for the Cowboys that aren't resulting in wins. And it has to. Time has run out. There's really no other way to put it. Time has run out. What it's time for now, though, in this truncated version of Cowboys Crunch Time with KD, it's time for Mike Fisher. Let's roll. know what time it is it is time for the best segment of ever in the history of ever it's time for hook line and sinker with the one and only mike fisher my man cowboys insider fish how are you doing oh i'm a little busy how about you it's uh pretty crazy right now in the sports world and i'm sure it's crazy around valley ranch as the team is trying to escape from this five game losing streak and to start off the week they pretty much wiped their hands and said enough is enough yeah, let's start with Joe Randall because that's that's pretty much the topic that I want to that I want to dive into. Okay, I was Team Randall, so yeah, let's start there. Okay, and in terms of his talent, you weren't wrong. Uh, but 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 you even though you were Team Randall, you were aware of the signs that the Cowboys had their concerns, and and we've talked about it. I know a lot of people ask me. And why is it so cloudy and why is it so mysterious? I, I don't think it has been cloudy or mysterious. They, uh, their, their reaction to his shoplifting thing was, you know, they, they, they made it work, but, you know, even Jason Witten didn't like it and, and expressed that. Uh, right. the Wichita windshield thing, uh, that, you know, that was a, that was a potentially go to prison crime. I mean, that, uh, allegedly. That right, right. He alleges that this the mother of his baby alleges that there was there was a gun and there was drugs and there was domestic violence. Uh only it wasn't in the in the domicile, it was in a parking lot at a hotel when he put his fist through her windshield with the baby in the car. Now I don't know that I believe every aspect of her story. Uh we know that the police have dropped the charges, or she dropped right. the charges, so the police have, right. But we've been saying all along that that doesn't mean the NFL is going to drop the charges. And if you remember when, uh, and if if the reader will remember, when the Cowboys first got Darren McFadden, we wrote, 
you might think this is just to replace DeMarco, but what if it's to replace Randall? And then when they got C-Mike, we said, because by the way, when we were saying that back in May or whatever, it's because we, we thought they would try to draft a running back, which they, they right. did indeed right. try to do. And so, you know, the ideal plan would have been uh, that, that somebody like the running back Coleman talks to them, and he's their starting running back. And then if Randall goes off the deep end, like they hoped he wouldn't, but suspected he might, then they have Darren McFadden at the backup. Then came the acquisition of C. Mike, and then by that time the running the, the the writing on the wall was really clear why they were doing it. Well, why why else are you you know why are you adding a fourth running back? Right. It, it and 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 we made it really clear because the Cowboys whispered to us really loudly, uh, this is for this is for behavioral insurance. And I guess you could say injury insurance too, but you know, no other teams have injuries, but they don't carry four running backs. Uh, and then, then came the five big raindrops that plopped down on Joe Randall's head. He got hurt to start a game. It was a game in which he would have rushed for 150 yards. He gets replaced. Uh, and the coach says, no matter what he's replaced, uh, then he has the odd, and I'm going to call it odd now domestic issue, which we'll get to in a second. And then he's got the notification from the league last Wednesday that police might've believed your story, but we don't. And trouble is brewing for Joe Randall in the form of a major fine or maybe even a two-game suspension. Now, can we back up to the police call? Yes. All right. Now you're a you're a you, you're a man with a sweetheart, and you're protective of your sweetheart, right? Of course. Okay. So you drive off to work. You look down at the passenger seat, and you see that she left her phone in your car. What would you do? I'd call her on her work phone, but, you know, that circumstances might be different for him. But I'd call her on her work phone. Hey, babe, I, you got, I got your phone, and, you know, not a big deal. All right. How about if you were, you know, you're, you're a guy who made about $700,000 and you worked in a billion-dollar industry where you, you've got gophers everywhere? Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, if, if I had and, that at my disposal, I would have somebody take her her phone. Okay. So those are your, those are your logical choices. One, I I track her down somehow myself, or two, I I I get you know I get one of the ball boys to go track her down. Joe says he called the police, and he did indeed call the police. Joe says he called the police because he thought he was worried that something was wrong at home. Well, why would why I just asked you that question, Katie? Why weren't you worried that something was wrong at home when she left her car in the when she shuts her phone in your car? Yeah, that's not a logical I, leap. Between, between the two uh, things. Right. So. What Judge Judy ta- teaches us is if it doesn't make sense, it's probably not true. I think Joe Randall called the police to cover up what was really going on. And I think Joe Randall made up the story about being worried about something at home. Because there was, mm-hmm. the police went to the home. Not only was there not something wrong at the home, not a burglar or anything else, she wasn't home either. There, there, was, there was no danger and no reason to think anybody was in danger. I think I think this is just a theory, so it's all alleged, and I, I think Joe made that up. I think Joe's bosses said, what do you mean you're storming out of the building? What do you mean you're not going to therapy? What do you mean you're – and I think Joe came up with a story saying, uh, um, uh, the dog ate my homework, my girlfriend lost her phone, I was worried. I think that story's made up. And I think right. that by the time Joe Randall got himself all twisted – 
into a physical and emotional and psychological uh, depressed fury, I think the Cowboys said, whoa, uh, we, we still care for him. And I, and I think, KD, I think there's going to be people in the building who will continue to care for Joe Randall. Personally, I mean, but, but they don't care for him as a running back professionally anymore. Uh, and I, 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 think they've, I think they decided we, our hands are full here and our hands are tied here. And that's the end of that. Yeah, and, and I I remember back to when the underwear cologne theft happened and on this show, you know, I'm never afraid to give my opinion on a situation because I, I definitely mark it as just an opinion and not any kind of official statement or official take. But his actions to me indicated that he had a problem with kleptomania because you make too much money to steal underwear and cologne in the circumstance that it was, which indicates right. there might be some issues with his psychological state. So that's fair. I, I, I think that's more than fair. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, that has to be something done for the thrill of it or an addiction to it, whatever the case may be. But that normally doesn't come by itself. If you know anybody that, that deals with psych, psychological problems, you know it's never just one example. There's normally a lot of things that are intertwined in that person's makeup, in their psyche. So what you're saying as far as him just reacting to the news that he was being benched in, the suspension was coming in, his football world is literally crashing around him, and he freaked out. And then he came up with an asinine story, and they called him on it, and they decided, like you said, we're just not in the mood to deal with this. And there it is. That's, I think that's all very logical. Uh, lo- lo- we're using our logical brains to put together all the puzzle pieces, and 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 the puzzle certainly fits. Uh, throw on the top of this, by the way, um, you, you know he's, he's facing a two-game suspension. Let's say, I, I don't, you know, what do we? He's not going to. He's not going to play. I, I really don't want to keep him in. Right. Uh, I, you know, it, it's always funny when, like, sometimes uh, you know, a murderer will say, when well, when murderers plead. Where they do temporary insanity, mm-hmm. and they get off on temporary insanity. That's not an excuse. That's that's obvious. If you're a murderer, right. you're obviously insane. You shouldn't <laughs> get off for being insane. It should be exactly. It, should go with, it goes with the territory. Well, same thing here. If if you're a, a kleptomaniac, who then follows it up by when you're in the jailhouse, you're badmouthing your teammates in front of the camera and flirting with the officer, female officer, and thinking you're cute, and then you get back to practice the next day, and you're a smartass to, to Des Bryant and to Jason Witten on the field in front of more cameras running, including mine. Uh, okay, now we got – now, now there's, there's the tip of what turns out to be a behavioral iceberg. And it, it's – people, you know, people are going to make fun of Joe Randall now and all that, and – I'm the one that came up with with Randall's scandals, and uh, <laughs> and, and I and I and I and I don't I don't take any of this lightly. I, I think there should be concern for him, um, but it needs to be concerned. It's way out of football. Yeah, and full, full disclosure, uh, anybody that follows me on Twitter and follows my writings know that when it came to this running back by committee, I fully expected them to draft somebody. When that didn't happen, I was all about Team Ryan Williams. He couldn't get his knee right. And then I basically adopted Randall because I did not have confidence in Darren McFadden being the guy. 
And from my point of view, the team didn't have confidence in Darren McFadden being the guy either because right before the Giants game, when they were thinking about elevating somebody to the new starting running back, it wasn't McFadden, it was Christian Michael. Now they backed off of that, and now McFadden has it and he's running with it, but I'm just I'm a little bit amazed at uh, Coach Garrett basically saying they have uh, the utmost confidence, uh, paraphrasing, the utmost confidence in McFadden being able to withstand the duties of being the number one running back when they know his injury history. And they didn't even want to give him the job at any point until they basically had to. So is that kind of coach speak and being confident and showing support for the guy that's in the role? Or does this team truly believe that Darren McFadden is the solution to their running back situation? Yeah, support for the guy in the room, who, by the way, has earned that support for the last two weeks. You know, it's it's not like he's done anything wrong. Uh, he he shows up every day and does his thing, and he's professional and and all that good. You're right about C. Mike and Dan that we you know we were the first to report this about his first team carries, and then it didn't happen. Well, it didn't happen because he didn't do a good job. Right. It, it, well, you know, our our reports weren't wrong, and the Cowboys' hopes weren't wrong. C. Mike didn't do a good job. Maybe he'll he'll do a better job, you know, this week in practice or next week in practice, and. Uh, you know, it's the same thing. I bet you they have some level of faith in Rod Smith. I mean, some level. He's on. He's on the team. Right. Uh, even even with those three guys, now they have another fourth running back on their roster. Yep, and that was a signing of Trey Williams off of the Redskins practice squad, who uh, our our good good friend Jordan Ross uh, broke down on Twitter. He he is basically a mirror comparison to what Lance Dunbar does without the NFL experience. Uh, so they obviously are looking for somebody in that role. I thought Lucky Whitehead acquitted himself rather well with the uh, jet sweeps that they've been running the last couple of weeks, but there's, it doesn't seem like the playbook is that thick when it comes to plays for Lucky Whitehead. So maybe they're looking for got, you know some plays more in the running back mold and, and having that threat of a carry motioning out as opposed to a wide receiver motioning in. Uh, so it'll be very interesting to see how quickly they get Trey Williams up to speed and what they do with him moving forward. Yeah, and he uh, he talked on Wednesday about, oh, absolutely, I can do Lance Dunbar things. That's that's what I'm cut out to do, and he mentioned kick returns too. Uh, our man Brian Broaddus is really excited about this, and I'm, I was surprised because um, my expectations, frankly, aren't very high. He right. is a tiny, undrafted, rookie, free agent, practice squatter from Washington. Uh, but in fairness to him, so was Lance Dunbar. Lance Dunbar was basically all those things, too. I hope right. it doesn't take – if if they really view this as a need that needs to be filled, that third down scat back thing, I hope it doesn't take him four years to get around to really doing it, which is what <laughs> kind of happened with Lance Dunbar. Exactly. Yeah, that that's true. But I will say as somebody who follows the Washington team uh, closely, obviously, you know, folks know that I'm in the D.C. area, uh, their backfield field is crowded – because they don't want to, uh, they don't want to basically be be rude to Alfred Morris. But Matt Jones is their guy; he's their lead back uh, of the future, and they're trying to do that as soon as possible. As soon as he stops fumbling the ball all the time. But they already have their Lance Dunbar and Chris Thompson, and that's the reason why Trey right. Williams was still in the practice squad because they already have a player in that mold. And barring injury, there was no reason for them to call him up. So I wouldn't, you know, it's not the typical, hey, it's a guy on a practice squad on a team that sucks. They really do have somebody that fits his mold 
that they drafted or they spent a draft pick on, uh, you know, a few years ago that was ahead of him on the depth chart. So I'm very intrigued by what this guy can do based on, you know, watching YouTube highlights of the preseason college and even his high school career where he had some great returns. There you go. All right, really quick before we uh, let you go, let's move on. Des Bryant came back last week, uh, not a very scintillating performance. He did have the one catch and, and some some yards at the catch on it, but uh, he was obviously facing Richard Sherman. Has there been any talk around the ranch of him being slow to get back, it being you know first game back, uh, not all not up to full speed, or was it just simply Richard Sherman was playing lights out? Oh, it's probably a combination of those things. And then uh, who was who was playing quarterback again? Uh, some guy named uh, Brandon Castle, Matt Whedon, somebody. I don't know. That's they all look the, the same to me. That's the guy. That's the guy. <laughs> that's the big news on Dex Bryant, besides the fact that Wednesday is his birthday, uh, and that his pet monkey likes to have sex, according to PETA, uh, <laughs> is that Tony Romo, uh, as we reported, and then I went. I saw you went and chastised NFL Network, right? Yep. They got it. They got it wrong again. Uh, the plan was for Tony Romo to participate in practice today at some level. That's exactly what he did. Uh, all reports are that you know he he did well. Now, so a lot of people are saying, well, if he did well, why didn't he? Why did they put him on short-term IR? Well, he didn't do that mm. well. <laughs> he's he's just ramping up now to where he can prepare to play at Miami. It, had, had they not put him on short-term IR, it's not like he would have practiced today and then been healthy enough to start on Sunday. So the plan hasn't changed. The plan is solid. And the, the, the vision of Dez and Romo on the field together, any level of participation uh, is, a, is a lovely vision for Cowboy fans. There it is. It, it amazes me how many people have difficulty making that connection. Football is a physical, violent sport. Tony Romo being able to throw out routes with precision and velocity on the throws is not the same thing as a bone being fully healthy, able to withstand a 300-pound lineman backing him and all the things that you need to worry about when you're dealing with a broken bone. And for people to just say, well, he's practicing, well, why do they put him on IR? Because they want to give the bone time to heal. It's not like they did it you know, just recklessly without regard for how long it would actually take to recover from the injury. But, you know, when, when you're in a five-game losing streak, people point fingers at pretty much anything they can they can identify. And in that locker room, they need to be careful to not point fingers themselves, and they are trying. Uh, Jason Witten, obviously one of the leaders, saying that this, this is a difficult time. This is when we have to pull together the most. And uh, they not only need to pull together – uh, every day in practice, it needs to happen Sunday night against Philadelphia, or we are creeping closer to that or else uh, look at the standings, that or else look at your one-loss record. Yeah, and, and in all honesty, you can tell us getting to the players a little bit because I've noticed over the past two weeks, the players are doing a lot of chirping on Twitter, responding to fans that has said stuff about him. And I'm not even talking about, you know, when, when the fan is an asshole and he talks trash and asks a player, you know, with his handle to make sure that he sees it. I think that's the most scum move you can make as a fan on Twitter. But that's besides the point. I'm talking about there are, there are players that are searching their names on Twitter to find people talking about them <laughs> and replying to them. And you saw, uh, I believe, yesterday, Nick Hayden, or this morning, when it brought us because of a review that he wrote on DallasCowboys.com about his play and t- and basically added the picture of 
the coach's grade for his performance and like, see, Brian, this is what, you know, somebody that knows football feels about my performance. And I'm like, man, you guys have to come off of this because it's never a good look for the players to respond to the media fans in this way. But you can tell it's from losing five in a row because we didn't have this after one or two losses in 2014 where the players felt the need to respond to everything. They're right on the money. I, I, I couldn't possibly talk or add to what you just said. Uh, that, that's good advice for everybody who's playing high school football on up. It's a bad look. Yeah, it, and, and I'm just – we need this win, man. they they got to beat Philly on Sunday, and it's not going to be easy. They're not good, but Philly has a defense that, that's known to stop the run game. I was talking about it in the intro. So it'll be a, a very tough fight for them to be able to uh, snap this losing streak against the Eagles on Sunday night. Let's go get him, young fella. Let's get him, man. Fish, I appreciate your time. And as always, you are welcome here whenever you feel like it. Thank you for joining us here, man. All right, talk to you soon. Yeah, there's absolutely no doubt that the game against Philly is going to be a tough one. They seem to returning to be a team returning to health as well. Uh, the one question mark it appears that they have is whether or not Jason Peters their star left tackle will suit up for the game. He missed practice again on Wednesday, uh, back issues that caused him to leave uh, the game in week seven prior to their bye week. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if he's around. If not, then it's another gold star for Greg Hardy. Uh, I can't believe we went a whole show without talking about Greg Hardy. That's, that's insane. But Greg Hardy will look to continue his feast on opposing quarterbacks. Uh, three games, three sacks, and an interception and a forced fumble. Dude is just a dynamic talent. And the Cowboys will need another stellar defensive effort because I'm pretty sure we're going to get the best of the Philly defense as they try to avoid a sweep and the indignation of losing to the Cowboys' backup quarterback when five other teams have been able to avoid that fate. The interesting thing is that Sam Bradford isn't that much better than Matt Castle. Um, so if the Cowboys take the reins off of their quarterback, this might be the most even quarterback matchup that they've had since Tony Romo went out. I mean, look at the guys that the Cowboys have faced on the opposite side of the field. There was Matt Ryan and Drew Brees and Tom Brady and Eli Manning. And then last week they faced Russell Wilson and, you know, you might have a lot to say about Russell Wilson, but he's good enough to go to two Super Bowls in a row, so you really can't hate on him either. So Sam Bradford probably has the highest draft pedigree of all of those guys, but as a professional, he's definitely the weakest link of that chain. So in a matchup where the quarterbacks are a lot closer than they have been in the past couple games, and again, the Cowboys haven't been out of either one of the games, of either one of the last two games, the, the games that Matt Castle has started. They, they've been in it till the end. So it's very interesting that even though they're losing that quarterback matchup, they were able to compete based on game plan and talent around the player. The Cowboys will have Des Bryant back for a second week. The offensive line is tremendous. Again, the Cowboys have a real issue running against Philadelphia, so I don't know what we're going to see from Darren McFadden. Uh, maybe Christian Michael will get a little bit more burn. We'll see. Maybe we'll see an appearance from Rod Smith. Maybe even new guy Trey Williams, but 
again, time is running out. The Cowboys are going to have to do something to affect change and end this losing streak because players are getting chippy, players are getting chirpy, and before it all falls down, they have to get a win before Tony Romo comes back. They need to be four and five. They can probably be three and six. And then you're looking for like a six and one run when they still have to face Carolina, Green Bay, and for what it's worth, the Jets. Not sure if the Jets are as good of a team as everybody thinks based on the team that they've played, but they're no pushover, that's for sure. As well as two division games against the Redskins left to go. And they're division games, so it doesn't matter what they are. Now, honestly, honestly, Washington might be the best team in the East outside of the Cowboys right now. Uh, quiet is kept. So we'll see how everything shakes out. For now, we're going to sign off. We're going to keep it short and sweet for this week. You deserve a break every once in a while. We're signing off until next time. The Cowboys are 2-5 and five and hoping for a change. And change starts within. So that's it. I'm your host, KD Drummond. Follow me on Twitter, KD Drummond NFL. Make sure you're doing that immediately. And we're signing off for now. That's all there is. Salute. Hustle won't quit, shine like no other, I be on some other shit, I got a high price lifestyle, super bad bitch, if I want it, bet I got it, if I don't bet, all I gotta do is go, dick, dick, stay up by my bitch, uh-huh. ball till I fall, say what, flossin' till I finish, I dig go, dick, dick, stay up by my bitch, okay. I live in jail, right. kill me, stackin' me, you tell the ceiling, every day above ground, all I wanna do is ball, put my money over bitch, you put my hustle over all, new it down to the draw, Louboutin kicks, got a man, how to swag a bitch, or stupid dumb sick, with a group of young bitches, and they stupid dumb dick, I'm the marathon man, all I do is run shit, a sophisticated kind of dick, superficial, still official, multi-million dollar shit, money is the object, hot shit, I got a sauna on my arm, sick. With no diamond, rich and men in Basharan. They just talk about they got it. I'm the upper echelon, no. Bitch, I'm about that action. You could go on with the combo. Grind won't stop. stop. Hustle won't quit. Uh, shine like no other. I be on some mad shit. I got a high-priced lifestyle. Super bad. Okay. If I want it, then I got it. If I don't get all I got to do it. Go, Stay up by my bitch. Fall till I fall. Say what? Lost until I finish. I can't go, Stay up by my bitch, I live in jet, the kid is stacking me to the ceiling, I jack out, yeah, I jack out, yeah, I jack out, yeah, I jack out.